Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from the 12 by 12 Picture Book Writing Challenge. Picture book authors need to be fairly prolific to be published. That's why members of 12 by 12 aim to write one picture book draft a month. Through an online forum, monthly webinars, a private Facebook group, and more, members enjoy the accountability, support, and motivation of a fantastic community of authors and illustrators. Registration is only open in January and February. Visit 12by12challenge.com slash membership for more information. That's 12x12challenge.com slash membership. Support also comes from Little Feminist Book Club. Little Feminist wants to help you diversify your child's bookshelf. Each month, they send one to two books featuring characters of underrepresented backgrounds. Little Feminist spends months consulting with a team of educators, librarians, and parents to pick each book and create a suite of hands-on activities to accompany them. Whether it's treasure hunts or DIY musical instruments, the goal of the included activities is to make the stories come alive for both children and families. Go to littlefeminist.com and use the coupon code WINNER for $5 off when you order, or click on the link at matthewcwinner.com slash podcast to get started today. Raise good humans, one children's book at a time. Yeah, we've gotten to talk to so many kids and educators and librarians and hang out a bunch, see friends. It's, it's been fantastic. I didn't do any of those. No, um. <laughs> sorry. No, then it's fun. You got to stay in a booth and talk to librarians. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we had many nice dinners out all together with librarians and booksellers. Oh, see, I um, like that. Yeah. So there was there was lots of good conversation um, among all of us, which was rewarding. Yeah. ask you a question. What are you committed to doing in the world? This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 491. I'm your host, Matthew Winner, and today I'm joined by Jacob Kramer, Kfi Steele, and Claudia Zoe Bedrick. And that question I asked a few seconds ago, that's something that's been on my mind ever since recording this interview. Jacob and Kfi just celebrated the release of Noodlefint, their debut picture book that deals with pasta and protest, linguini and changing laws. The book is published by Enchanted Lion, and Claudia is their publisher. 
I invited the trio onto the podcast to talk about how a book goes from idea to publication, looking at it from all different angles. I also wanted to focus on Noodlefin specifically because it is a book that Jacob and Kefi are using to center conversations with readers of all ages around the conversation of how laws are made, who makes them, and why it's not only okay but important to challenge them if they feel unfair. Enchanted Lion is a publisher on the margins and has a distinct voice in what select books they publish each year. I am continually impressed with the books they publish, and if you have not yet familiarized yourself with their titles, I cannot wait for you to get reading. Now please welcome my guests, Jacob Kramer and Kefi Steele, author and illustrator of Noodlefint, along with Claudia Zoe Bedrick, publisher of Enchanted Lion Books. So my name is Kefi Steele. I use uh, she, her, hers, and I am an illustrator and I also write picture books and I live in San Francisco. I'm Jacob Kramer. I use he, him pronouns, and I'm a writer of children's books, and I live in Somerville, Massachusetts. Uh, Claudia Zoe Bedrick, she, her, hers. I live in uh, Brooklyn, and I'm the publisher, editor, and art director of Enchanted Lion Books, which is in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Greenpoint. I'm grateful. Greenpoint. (laughs) Represent. Uh, It's so nice to have all three of you here. And I, you know, before we were going in to record, I kept pondering how, how did all of these threads become intertwined? Because Claudia, I feel like you and I have been at least aware of each other for a couple of years because of Enchanted Lion and my, like, not secret love crush on what you do. (laughs) And then K-Fi, we had the, uh, which one is it? The new in 19? Is that what? I That's get right. Mixed up with the hashtags. But you came on there in that chat that I got to talk about and everything you said, I was like, oh, yes, making notes of all of these books. We're having a resistance with noodles. Let's make this happen. So, Jacob, I'm sorry that we haven't crossed paths yet, but I actually have a third thing to tie you in, which is that there's this amazing video that you all did that is being used to promote this debut picture book and it's gorgeous and wonderful and is like child centered with this wonderful mission. And so uh, quite frankly, I'm just really, really excited that the three of you agreed to sit down and talk to me. Yeah. Really happy to yeah. speak with you and meet you. Really happy too. Nice. Well, why don't we uh, step back and we'll, we'll get into this book that we're bringing our conversation around first. Jacob, would you mind introducing Noodlefint to everyone listening? Sure. Um, Noodlefint is a picture book, and it's about a character who shares the same name, Noodlefint. Uh, She's an elephant who loves noodles. And it's the story of her um, and her friends who live in a town that's run by kangaroos who love to make laws. And as it turns out, these laws are not very fair and they're kind of exclusive and the story revolves around what happens when those kangaroos make a new law about who's allowed to eat noodles um and then it kind of goes from there in terms of um how they react and what happens to them jacob this is your first book that you have published where where did this this is the most annoying question to ask i'm so sorry but i'm smiling i promise i'm smiling where did this idea come from for 
an elephant fighting the kangaroo powers that be with pasta. Uh, yeah, so this, it's it's been an idea that evolved quite a bit. Um, and I don't know how common that is with other writers, but the initial spark of the idea came from my nephew, Leo, who's actually in that video that you mentioned. Um, and when he was about three or so, he told me a very, very short story about an elephant who loved noodles, um, lots of different kinds of sauces. And that <laughs> thought really stuck with me. And then it, you know, sort of evolved um, in a second draft uh, that had uh, this machine that would turn anything into noodles, which was really great. <laughs> and I, I got the opportunity to show that book to Claudia because I, my brother and I turned it into like a little gift for our nephew. And I shared that with Claudia and, um, she had some really, you know, um, really specific and, uh, useful criticism about that story. Uh, it sort of was like, I, I don't remember the exact reaction, but it was something like, you know, this is good and you're a good writer. And I like the idea of the elephant who loves noodles, but it's, it's kind of, uh, it, like it, it doesn't, it's not really doing anything. Like it's kind of simplistic and it's pointless. <laughs> um, so, you know, and, and so she asked these wonderfully provocative questions like, you know, what does this elephant dream of? What does she want to do with noodles? Like, what do they mean to her? How does, you know, and, and they really uh, made me think about it. And they made me think about, you know, what I was committed to doing in the world and what this elephant was committed to doing in the world. Um, and so the story kind of evolved from there. Claudia, do you remember this meeting? I remember the meeting um, and the emails we exchanged. Yeah, um, and I, I think I think Jacob gives a pretty good account of it. <laughs> I don't think I was I don't think I was quite as 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 brash as as, as uh, he's described it. I, I think I more just said it was a bit thin, um, and and we went from there. We went from it being a bit. Thin to wanting it to be a bit more chewy and rich and deep and stick to your ribs. Yeah, it's an eighty-page. Exactly. Page. I was going to say, and also, can we just call out, if you will, the elephant in the room that it is a it is a large picture book. It is a thick picture book, eighty pages. Kfi, it's wonderful. Yeah. Also, there's like a lot of I'm noticing a lot of pasta metaphors. This is going to be like the most like scrumptious conversation I've ever had on this show. Apparently, <laughs> we do get kids. We had one kid respond or student respond. He was like, I have a question and a comment. Um, my comment is that this book makes me hungry. <laughs> um, forget the question. <laughs> uh, well, you, <laughs> yeah, you, you've done a good job with this book, Jacob. I think it's hilarious. I think that um, my son and I, as we read it, he's in this new phase as an eight-year-old where um, he still wants to read picture books, love that, but he insists on us, like, determining what the pattern of, of read aloud is going to be. Like, he reads only the words on the left-hand side, and I read on the right, or he reads the biggest paragraph, whatever it is. Um, but this one was so much fun because there was just question after question of, is that a real noodle? What does that look like? Is that a real thing, Daddy? <laughs> um, and I think that it was really fun for me to have him 
questioning authority alongside of questioning the validity of these noodles. <laughs> well, that's been one of the most exciting things. So Jacob and I are in the midst of a about three week long book tour, a West Coast book tour. Um, this is like the second week. We're in my hometown, San Francisco. And we've just been going to so many different classrooms and um, different public libraries and sharing and sharing Noodlefint. And what's been really cool and I think kind of mind blowing for a lot of the kids, <laughs> at least that's the impression that I'm getting, is getting them to really question this idea that laws can be manipulated and laws can be questioned. And one thing that's been, I mean, pretty consistent throughout every classroom we've been in is that the students very deeply understand injustice, right? But then we, when we actually get to talking about laws, one thing that we like to say to students before we go to the classroom, or one thing we're trying to get across is that laws are just like pasta. They're just things that people make. And there's something about that notion that, um, I mean, I feel like I didn't understand that until I was probably in my 20s or something like that. It Just to me, I had just been raised with this notion that like authority is authority and it's not something that can be questioned. So it's so deeply cool to be able to pull together a story that is like fun and resonant and really gets um, serves as like a point of a conversation or a jumping off point uh, to have with students and with um, educators. Absolutely. And I love, so I want to hear Kfi in a second, how you got involved in this project because, because I'm going back to that video and when I shared it, a number of my artist friends were like, oh, I hate how easy she makes her lines look. That you just have just a couple of moments in there <laughs> where you're just, like, you're just like, let me just draw this, whatever it was. And a couple of people that I was like, I never even noticed that. But you're right. You just lay down those lines and it looks real nice. Um, <laughs> I, I think that, that all of the book has uh, that that quality to it. It just feels smooth effortless it feels like uh comfortable this the the setting that you've you've painted for this world um but i also noted in that video that <laughs> i'll have to make sure we put in the show notes that um you talked about you and jacob both talked about wanting to get out there and and promote this message to these children empower your readers uh and and have them question things and question their world and their role in it so if i back up can i just ask where where and how did you get involved in noodle fent sure um i think it happened the exact way that you're always told as an illustrator things will never happen meaning that jacob and i were already friends and we had been collaborating on other stuff. Um, we had a series of illustrated poems that was on the internet. And we would just send things back and forth to each other. So we had a very um, natural collaboration. And I think, you know, um, I think that we just work really well together. I think that our words match each other well. And even when we're, I use the word like performing the book or when we're reading the book, like since we've been doing it on tour, I think we have a, a similar level of energy that we bring to this story. Um, so it was just a very natural collaboration and Jacob shared the manuscript with Claudia and, um, I mean, Claudia is, she publishes daring books and she approaches the process in a really bold and daring way, I would say. Um, and just being like, you already have this amazing collaboration. Let's see what would happen if we pulled you together in this book together. Totally. Jacob, did you, well, both of you, did you both know... I mean, you're saying you met with Claudia, so you must have had some awareness of Enchanted Lion, but but how, like, why her? Where, in what setting was this? Was it at a, a, a conference or just because you knew the, I mean, I hear often as a writer to, 
to question where you feel like that story would be a good fit because you want to bring your book to a publisher that you feel like will take care of the story in its integrity that you're trying to communicate. So um, the fact that this book ended up at Enchanted Lion feels feels just right, but I know that it doesn't always happen that easily. Do you mind talking about that a little bit? Uh, sure, yeah. I, uh, I was, guess I was kind of naive about it. I had this book that I had made, this little um, book about an elephant who loved noodles, and I was at the Brooklyn Book Festival and going around to booths, and I stopped in the Enchanted Lion booth, and I loved all their books immediately. Um, and I found one that I really liked called Pomelo. Yes. Um, I think it's Pomelo Starts to Grow or something. And it was really beautiful and surreal and funny. And, uh, you know, I bought it for my nephew. And I used that opportunity to have a conversation with Claudia and just say, I wrote a book about an elephant. And um, Claudia was really (laughs) open to that conversation. I remember she said, I love elephants. And then I said, it's about an elephant who loves noodles. And she said, I love noodles. (laughs) So, uh, you know, that was the the start of this book. that is awesome. The you, the you, this is not unlike a band going to a show and then giving like the headliner their their demo and being like, "I like your music. Check out my music." And the fact that that, that was something that you were there and able to check out the work and then speak directly to her, I feel like is just a nice, you know, it doesn't always happen that way. We we think of a lot of these publishers as the name or the the logo on the spine of the book, but not necessarily thinking of the the people that are behind that logo making books happen. Yeah, I mean, one other thing, and then Claudia, you should really speak for <laughs> for Enchanted Lion itself. But um, that I really love about Enchanted Lion is that they really they really respect the book as an object, right, and as a thing that's going to live in the world. It's, it's not just like the static thing. It's like this, every time you open it up, it is this object for a conversation, right? And I think that there's a respect for the materials and this shelf space it takes up, but there's also a respect for that um, Enchanted Lion takes um, towards like the re- respecting the intelligence of children and the capacity for deep conversations. Um, so I th- I feel like Noodlefin just fits in beautifully, I hope, <laughs> with those titles. But it's really just truly an honor to be publishing with um, like an independent family run um, publishing house. Claudia, these books you publish are so different. And yet they do, as K-Fi was saying, they all feel like they fit. They feel like there's a heart there that they all share. I've said that to you as well over the phone. You, uh, you did, yeah. The, the well, first let's fact check Jacob. Do you indeed, for the record, on the record, do you like elephants? I love elephants. Do you yes. also love noodles? I also love noodles. Jacob, did you know this about her beforehand? No, but um, I mean, I could tell from the elephant books that she had published that there was a lot of affection for elephants there. See, that's what I'm talking about. Like it, it, you saw something in those books, right? It's not just like, oh, I know you publish really pretty books. Like you, I don't know. There's just something more magical there that you saw something. There's something deeper there going on. Ay, ay, ay. Listen, you got an 80 page picture book that you're walking around all of these different schools and libraries and bookstores speaking to children. And you said this one thing recently, though, that just really popped out of my ears, which is uh, performing the book 
for children. <laughs> that is absolutely the word I use. I think that that picture books are a performance. They're made to be brought alive, right? I think that people that read aloud to children need to take that seriously and think about how we are sharing this story with others. And then it occurred to me that as much as I would love to share a favorite part, do you have the book in front of you, K-Fi? Do you have it in front of you, Jacob? Oh, yeah. Would, oh, yeah. Always, always. Can I, can I, ask, can I ask or beg <laughs> for you to, to perform an excerpt for us wherever let's you'd like? Poem. Let's do a poem. The poems, we, we kind of fight over who gets to read Ooh, the poem. I love yeah. it. Do you um, want to do those kangaroos or kangarooed? Yeah, do that one. sure. So we basically is... have this whole book memorized. Nice. Yeah. Um, so basically what happens is the kangaroos tell, uh, or maybe you should do the confrontation with the kangaroo. That one's really good. Sure. It's yeah, got voices. So we'll do one part and then maybe we do a second part. But basically Noodlefin is buying ingredients for a party at the uh, farmer's market. Um, and do you want to do, I'll do the kangaroo, you want to do Noodlefin? Sure. Um, one day, while Noodlefin was shopping for a party, a kangaroo blew his whistle. You there, elephant, what are you doing with all those eggs and semolina flour? Uh, said Noodlefin, trying to stay calm. I was thinking of a fresh batch of fettuccine. Maybe curly cavatappi would be nice. Or uh, I could stretch a tangle of tagliatelle. Oh, no, you won't, snapped the kangaroo, pulling a law book from his pouch. Elephants are no longer allowed to eat noodles. It says so right here. Noodles are for kangaroos. Elephants shall only eat sticks and branches. Maybe you don't know me, said Noodlefint, but I'm Noodlefint. I'm all about noodles. You're an elephant, said the kangaroo. If we catch you eating noodles, we will lock you in the zoo. Buy some acacia branches and don't even think about noodles. So that's the first moment where things get pretty thorny for Noodlefint. Oh. Yeah, we, when we're reading to children, we like to say, you know, there's some, some good times for Noodlefint that are noodly. We, we have a arm gesture that's noodly. And then, you can imagine it. Then we talk about the times that are thorny. So that's, that's the start of the thorny. Nice. I, I love not only that you've got these wonderful little um, poems wrapped into this story, but also that you've created this character, Noodlefent, who uh, is determined to call out what seems preposterous and to make change, uh, especially uh, when it's, well, I'm acting within the law. I'm not doing anything unlawful. Um, finding those loopholes um, that you can exploit, but also encouraging others to find their, their strength, their power to question things and to make their world more just. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, she is breaking the law. And that's been one kind of thing that we've been talking to students. We had one student when she starts making noodles again after she's threatened by this kangaroo. Um, one student is like, but she's breaking the law. again." <laughs> <laughs> but um, what's what's been cool. So um, today is February 4th. This is the day that we're recording. And something that we noticed kind of um, just by happenstance is today is also Rosa Parks's birthday. 
And so one thing that's been pretty fantastic as we've been going from, especially in school class, in school libraries and classrooms, is asking students once we read the story, like, is there anything from now or from history that we can talk about or people you can point to that are kind of similar in the story to Noodlefint? And it's been pretty amazing to see students just say like, oh, you know, it's Black History Month. We're learning about Rosa Parks or well, we're learning about MLK Jr. And being able to tie all of these things that they're learning in civics and government to this picture book. And that's something that we are really interested in pursuing is like, what are some ways that we can use this um, this picture book as a way for kids to really plug into history and civics? I think that and what... sorry, Jacob, go ahead. I was just going to add in one thing, which is really surprising and remarkable to me, is that today, for instance, we started um, at a class and we were reading to preschoolers. Um, <laughs> and obviously we have a different spiel for uh, preschoolers. It's but, a lot more drawing. <laughs> but uh, but then we were we were reading to an assembly that went up until fifth grade. And we've heard also from librarians and, t- and educators that they're using this book with older kids, like fourth and fifth graders. And that is really amazing to me that it has that range. Um, and I think it has to do with the depth of the themes that we're dealing with. See, and I would go even further and say that this is one of those picture books. I, I found that the strength in this picture book is that it's one that, that really is in everybody book. It could be read to high schoolers. And um, because you have um, told the story so purely, um, there's nothing hidden in this story. It's all very uh you know laid out on the page for the reader to interpret um and 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 you know call out where things are just ridiculous um and because of that that's something that works at any age i was going to say too you're doing such a powerful thing here that i hope other authors and illustrators listening are taking note of which is that you are offering an in for educators as well um you know often when any of us reads a book, we, we see different ways that we connect with it. And so that goes the same with educators, right? That the way I connect with it uh, might also give me inspiration for how I can connect my students with it through a lesson, mm-hmm. through an activity, through a project that we do, you know, that affects the whole school. Um, and by being able to communicate that as you're visiting these locations and, and just sort of say, well, here's what we've had in mind. And we've been sitting with the story for however many years you've been working on it. Um, and, you know, working with young children and being able to, to, to not model, well, yeah, to model and to light a spark at that school, um, to allow that space for children to question and to be excited and enjoy um, and explore resistance through such a welcoming and, uh, you know, a kind environment as a picture book, as story time. I think that you have a lot of power in doing that. And I think you're really uh, harnessing that opportunity. And I, I just want to say how much I really respect and appreciate that you're doing that. So cool. Yeah. Um, that has probably been one of the coolest things about going into classrooms is when kids say something like, um, I want to talk about MLK Jr. Or, you know, the kangaroos are kind of like cops in the story, or they're kind of like all these kangaroos are sort of like the way white people treated black people um, during segregation. When kids say that, you know, they kind of have this look like, am I allowed to say this in the classroom? Or they're like, I, I don't know. 
I'm not sure if this is okay for me to be making kind of controversial statements, especially when they're like these kangaroos are like cops. Um, but it's pretty amazing to listen to those kids, let them let them um, come up with these ideas or develop these ideas and encourage them to go further. And by doing that, what we're doing is really validating what they're saying and letting them lead the conversation, which to me feels like the most rewarding part of going into these classrooms is really letting them lead. I... Yeah, that it just comes back to centering the child and it just feels like your your heads are in such a good place. It just makes me proud to see these beautiful things going on between bookmakers and readers and schools and just I mean imagine what what seeds you're planting that that you know that that will take root with these children. But wait, you've already imagined that because you <laughs> were already talking about going out on a book tour. How does one go out on a book tour for their debut book? Has this <laughs> been something you've been scheming all along? Claudia's cool. Yay! There you go. We like Claudia. She's cool. Support for the children's book podcast comes from Viz Media. Viz is excited to announce that Pokemon Adventures, the most popular and longest-running Pokemon comic, is now available digitally. Visit viz.com Pokemon to read a free preview of the beloved all-ages series. That's viz.com Pokemon. Support for the Children's Book Podcast also comes from longtime supporter Storyteller Academy. Learn the art of storytelling from published authors, illustrators, and editors at Storyteller Academy. Sign up today at StorytellerAcademy.com. Claudia, thanks for being cool. Yeah, no scheming at all. <laughs> um, well, Claudia wants to change the world. I mean, that's, that's pretty obvious, right? <laughs> bit no by doubt. bit, child by child. Um, no, you know, it's, it's, uh, the focus is really doing whatever we can to give life to the books in the world and to engage children in the stories we're telling. And we, you know, publishing so many books in translation over so many years, we have, and, and being an independent publisher very much on the margins, um, you know, we really haven't had the means to, um, send, as many of the artists and authors we're working with on tour. Um, but now that we're doing so many more original books and we're working with, you know, so many people based here, it's, it's become something that we can do and are very focused on doing um, because it's precisely the kind of conversations that Kay and Jacob have been describing that we dream um, of uh, our authors and illustrators having around the books that we're doing together. So it's it's just yeah it's very exciting and with young young children preschool age it's amazing I want to read but it's you... also Matthew it's also going it's going it's going all the way up into high school I mean by the time course. Jacob and K five and are in L A they're going to be meeting with like junior high and high school kids oh you to are have going there that's great very, very same conversations but you know in a different in a different sort of way so do all of us that aren't able to get to your your book signings and visits and all that uh, continue if you if you would to share those experiences to talk about them to to post them on websites and and, and share your insights and and uh 
allow this book to connect others because it's just I mean it's awesome I, I want to actually I want to ask you all if you would mind if I read an excerpt of the book because one of my favorite illustrations comes from text that leads up to it uh, that I just find so wonderful and it's the the court scene where Noodlefin oh, yeah. has fun. her say can I read that you mind All right, here we go. It says, The kangaroos tried Noodlefint in a kangaroo court. They said she had broken the laws. Noodlefint said the laws were already broken. She declared, The laws for elephants and shrews, tortoises, fruit bats, and gnus should be the same as those we use for all you wealthy kangaroos. Guilty, said the judge. And as she was being led away, Noodlefint shouted, Justice is for all of us, not just for the bossiest. And though right now it sounds absurd, one day you'll want to eat your words. That, come on, that is a campaign (laughs) rally slogan right there. And K-Fi, you delivered the greatest payoff image when later you have the most absurd picture of a kangaroo Eating its words through, you know, weird bugged out eyes and just come on. That is my favorite. And the line oh, yeah, says, that's a major that's a major payoff. The yeah. line says, it was the most delicious thing he had ever tasted. Well, you know, I what, what I was saying before is I approach picture book illustration very much from a dramaturgical perspective. And a lot of the times when I'm drawing these characters, I'm making the same gestures and faces because drawing is just a very embodied thing for me. And when I um, was drawing that, I was like, oh, I know exactly what this feeling is. I was eating ravioli at this restaurant in Italy (laughs) or like whatever, knowing that feeling. And so it's a lot of like physical acting out when I'm making these drawings. I'm so it's, pic- that's a really fun part of the process. I'm picturing you like from years ago, I'm picturing you like a, a like a Disney animator. I remember watching these old like films of like the wonderful world of Walt Disney and they show the animators working on whatever film, making the faces in the mirror and then drawing mm-hmm. a line and then going back to the mirror and making the same face. And it's wonderful to know that you, I mean, you acted you acted out the book and then painted it. Yeah, yeah. Um, one other pretty exciting thing related to theater is that we just visited an elementary school in San Francisco. Um, it's about a mile from my house, uh, West Portal Elementary. And they have a partnership with the San Francisco Opera, where they have a group of kindergartners that uh, produce an opera with these professional musicians and singers. And they pick a picture book each year to model this opera on. And this year they're doing Noodlefint. So we're extremely excited to see how a group of kindergartners takes on Noodlefint and turns it into this opera spectacle. Oh, that's amazing. You know, the artist in residence programs, when the artist comes into the school, always produce such incredible things. So to, to have them have the experience to go out into uh, the world and be working with professionals that way. <laughs> and it's around your book. Oh, my word. That's insane. Yeah. One thing I really like about the excerpt that you read um, is the part, you know, they said she had broken the laws. Noodlefin said the laws were already broken. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that is a really fun thing to talk about with kids um, when they realize they sort of begin to understand these common figures of speech in a new context and realize that they're they're more malleable than they had thought. Um, 
and that they can have you can kind of invent new meanings by inverting them or making them more literal than you expected and, and things like that um, and sort of generate meaning out of that and quite frankly too this this notion of social justice and laws um protecting some and putting others in harm's way and and you know laws pushing other people down i mean the the fact that systemic racism is something that these children also encounter daily it's not just like an, a grown-up issue so to be talking oh, about that is is i mean i'm just saying like this book that this book shook me and it was good it was a good shaking <laughs> you know what i'm trying to say this is me rambling because i love the book so much i don't even know where the words are but you've already done such a beautiful job all you got to do is just read the book aloud there's your words right there yeah, it's been very cool. Um, I mean, yeah, bringing these books into classrooms and I mean, like kids get it, you know, they see their parents talking about this stuff. And they also, I think, um, like even educators, um, you know, they I think when we develop, we're developing this book last year, the year before, there was this kind of like hopelessness, right? Um, it was like reading, <laughs> I feel like I spent so much time um like reading the news and not really knowing what to do and participating in a lot of protests, but then feeling like, well, where are these protests going? And I think one interesting thing that Noodlefin does and something that we try to talk about with the book too, it's not just this one figure who can go it alone, right? It's Noodlefin and her friends. Ultimately, it's her friends that break her out of prison. Um, so that's a really interesting thing to communicate to young people also. It's like, you can be really brave and something bad can still happen to you. And it's really more about like, who is your community around you that can support you when things go bad? And how can you band together with them to um, get help, seek justice? Yeah, and we we do sort of a, a very um, rudimentary kind of, intro to what some people call power mapping with um, some of these classrooms where we talk about, you know, the kangaroos, what do they have? What allows them to um, exercise control in this way over um, people who know that these laws aren't fair? Um, and people talk about, well, they have the legislature, they have the courts, they have the zoo, they have the police. Um, and then, you know, well, what did Noodlefin and her friends have? And it's, they have their friendship, they have creativity, they can spread word. They have the noodler. They have the fantastic noodler, which, you know, is, <laughs> is both literal and, you yeah. know, metaphorical yeah. kind of machine for liberation and sustenance. And, um, you know, so we try to get them thinking about, you know, even if you don't have access to the formal levers of power, there are other deeper sources of power that can be marshaled. I, I'm just beside myself, too, thinking that this is just one of many books that Enchanted Lion is publishing this year to be able to have this book be probably Claudia. Is it, is this even the first book to come out of 2019? It is. Yeah. Yeah. It makes quite a statement. I think for the, for the, for Enchanted Lion, that, that this is how we're starting the year. Um, this is starting the conversation. I, I'm so grateful that, that you all, we're able to get out to ALA and continue to get out to schools and all that. Claudia, what else What else is coming out this year that we should watch for? Well, so Noodle Fans started the year, and our second book is a book um, called Crescendo. It's illustrated by Alessandro Sana. Um, it's our third book with him. He's a wonderful Italian illustrator. And this, this is an interesting um, 
foreign book for us to do because it was first published in Italy. It was published as a wordless book. And it's called, it's called Crescendo because it's following the silhouette of the, the woman's body over the nine months of her pregnancy. And the, the female form is embedded into, into the natural world. And so there's this wonderful sense of a bird's wing or the sky or the sea or a mountain shaping her um, body as, as it moves and grows. Um, but it, it's legible as as a wordless book, but it's pretty abstract, um, and it just doesn't allow for sharing with children in the way that we thought the book could be shared if it had a text. And so um, I asked Alessandro if he would mind if we sought an author to write a text um, for his images. And he said, no, not at all, but that he would want to, you know, he would have to accept it and it would have to really match his work and be in the same sort of poetic voice and spirit. Anyway, so we 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 um, we worked with a debut author um, who's actually known Alessandro for a long time, so similar to Jacob and K-Fi. Um, and we, we were first to have a poet, um, a U.S. poet, write the text and then this this other possibility emerged um, and she had never written anything, but she said she really just felt that she knew what to say for this. Um, and she wrote a beautiful, grounded, scientifically exact text, but in the most lyrical, poetic voice that allows us to follow um, development over over the 40 weeks. Um, and back we have we have the same facts in less lyrical language um so suddenly we have a book that's able to be shared with 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 children um in talking about kind of maternal figure creativity natality um force of natality which is something in our violent culture we tend to forget about um and it's you know it's it's something that a, a parents can share with with a child if if another uh, sibling is coming along. Um, it's a wonderful gift for women who are just newly pregnant as they think about the the journey, the adventure on. Um, so so this book started getting reviews right right after Noodle Fan, and it's so far so good. Um, people seem to really be loving um, this the the way the 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 female body and this kind of force of natality is situated in in the natural world congratulations Um, on that what a fun project too to go from something wordless to to conceiving it in a slightly different way and that it's yeah worked that's cool yeah yeah i think it's working really really nicely um and i feel like claudia that really nods to your role in enchanted lion that, that your role as an editor to come in and to 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 keep mining at that story and make sure that it 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 is is shared the way that you feel like would best serve it in its audience. Yeah, I mean, it's the the easiest thing, I guess, is to look at a foreign book and to to just take it as a finished as a finished work and and to accept it or reject it on that basis. Um, but because of our relationship with Alessandro and the real desire to kind of like follow his course as an artist and his bookmaking, um, you know, it was something that a book I wanted to publish um, because I knew it really mattered to him. Um, 
And so then it, right, we had to find a way to publish it that would make it meaningful here. Um, and part of that meaning always involves children. Like I didn't want to publish a book I didn't feel was the right form or of course. Um, conception, you know, for children to really share around it and um, gain meaning and be provoked into questioning um, through their engagement with it. Do you have another you want to share? I know that you've got some that you've already published that I'm like giddy over, including just to say it on air, Jerome by Heart, which is like my favorite picture book. Congratulations on the recognition and awards. Um, but that's another foreign published book that, that you brought over that is exceptional, exceptional in uh, how carefully the the text is selected and how gentle and beautiful and powerful the story is. That's, that's, thank you, Matthew. Um, that's that's a book that I ended up translating with Karen Snelson, um, who's been in the children's book world for a long time. Um, and it it was it was really really great because I was so starkly aware of how um, important, really important every every word was, um, and there were some very tricky aspects to it um, in finding the right register um, mm. for the movement from what was happening in French into English. Um, so, so that, that was another coming together with somebody I've known um, for a long time and someone who's devoted themselves to books, children's books in the best possible way for a long time. And then she's, she's, um, she's in Seattle and I'm in Brooklyn. So we would have these really well, very late night for me, a little less late for her, um, conversations working on the text, and that was fun. Um, I don't know. I have so many books, Matthew. I don't I don't really want to take away from the wonderful Noodle Fant conversation we're having. Well, um, we have Noodle Fant. We have Jerome by heart. We have Crescendo. We have Pamela. We have so many beautiful things. And you know what? I'll just do what I do, which is I'll, I'll link um, the your website um, in the show notes, and we'll just send people there to – see what's coming up and check out your gorgeous uh, uh, Vimeo channel and see like all the amazing videos I was finding there. My word. Yeah. I'd really love people to watch the one about Arthur Geyser. I was just going to say, yes, yes. It's so good. I had no idea that that was printed. What was it on copper? He, I mean, it's crazy. Amazing. It's copper plate etching. He's <sighs> an incredible craftsman. He's an incredible craftsman and he's been making books for 40 years never recognized by ALSK, but that's okay because he's just, you can see in the video, he's a consummate craftsman and just passionate about bookmaking and storytelling. Um, yeah. And he's, he's just, um, um, we're, we just published a book with him in October called Pumpkin Island. And now we're, which should publish and launch, launch in Iowa again in, in a couple of years. Well, I think um, if there's nothing I have learned today, it's that you, Claudia, draw people in whose stories and quite frankly, I think whose whose, whose personalities, who, whose life stories seem to uh, echo in that same way that yours does. And I think it makes for some really, really beautiful books. And Kfi and Jacob, that <laughs> noodle vent is an exceptional book. And for all I stumbled over my words, I want to once again, thank you for 
the time and the beauty and the, the power and the words and the heart that you put into that story because it is gorgeous and it is already changing lives, it sounds like. But uh, that book still has a, a, a long way to go. And I hope you continue to share its journey with all of us. Yeah. Thank you. Right on. Yeah. There's one <laughs> last thing I'd like to add. Yeah. Do it. Um, that we, we also kind of do as a coda when we talk about the book, which is that um 10% of the proceeds from the book to this really amazing and wonderful uh, organization called Black and Pink. Uh, they can be found at blackandpink.org. And that is dedicated to um, help improving the lives of LGBTQ um, prisoners. And they do that in a number of ways. One is by sending out a newsletter to subscribers. They also set up uh, pen pal relationships between people in prison and people in the free world. And um, they also sort of work with a end goal in mind of the abolition of prisons as an institution. Um, and they're an incredible organization. We've volunteered with them sending holiday cards. I've gotten a pen pal um, through this organization. Um, and we feel like it's a really good tie-in with Noodlefin's story um, just just in part because like her her liberation is ultimately comes through a piece of mail and that is something that is really important for people um who are in prison to have it's such a like a dehumanizing experience um and to have a connection a personal connection to someone on the outside is incredibly important thanks for sharing that we um as we wrap up our time i want to give us a chance to center ourselves back in that library, back with those children. And uh, Claudia, I'm going to ask you first, and then we'll just go around the circle here. I'll see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message, Claudia, that I can bring to them from you? Just just tell them that we, all of us at Enchanted Lion, love them, we believe in them, they are the future, and we listen to them and we 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 just yeah tell them that just tell them we really think about them our work every single day and we love them and we know how important and vital their voices are thank you kfi is there a message that i can bring to them from you yeah, well, there's actually a question, and this is something that Jacob and I bring up to, um, we typically send educators, um, including, I very much include librarians and school librarians in like the general scope of educators. Um, one thing we like to ask uh, educators to ask students is, when is it okay to break the law? Yeah. Second bet. <laughs> Second bet. <laughs> Jacob, let me turn to you then for uh, that message to children. Is there anything that you would like uh, to bring to children that I'll see tomorrow? Um, well, I guess it's sort of in response to what K-Fi's question is, which is a, a line from the end of the book, which is, uh, when the laws are so unjust, misbehavior is a must. So <laughs> um, that's a nice couplet to uh, teach a child. This is Darshna Kiani, children's author and book blogger. 
Want to find out the latest South Asian books and children's literature? Check out www.flowering-minds.com forward slash South Asian Kidlet. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 400 episodes at matthewcwinner.com forward slash podcast. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out with the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed. Before we leave, I want to give a shout out to all of my patrons, those folks who are supporting the podcast and keeping the lights on care of our Patreon page. Thank you, Jenny, Sue, Amy, Sarah, Kate, Lisa, Darshna, Marianne, Jarrett, Anitra, Mike, Lynn, Link, Corina, Cynthia, Elaine, Doug, Judy, Amanda, Ruth, Laura, Teresa, and others who are coming with me on this journey. You're welcome to come with us, too. Just visit patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner and pick the support tier that's right for you. Teamwork makes the dream work, and each of you are helping to provide the tools necessary to make this podcast even greater. Thank you. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.